Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to talk about what ovulation feels like for women. And this is a hugely important uh, epiphany for men, and we will get into that right after I tell you to subscribe. My most recent subscriber episode was on how you can find deep meaning in unconditionally loving your wife. And uh, this is something that many people struggle with, is the relational aspect of what their life's purpose is, particularly after their children are older. And I talk about this and who feels this way and what it means to feel this way in my subscriber episode. And you get almost 140 other subscriber episodes for $8.99 if you subscribe. That is a lot of listening to me. So if you like listening to me, then you ought to be a subscriber. Anyway, so what does ovulation feel like for women? Well, I talk a lot about ovulation because it's super, super important for men to understand and for women to understand, and I'll get to that in a second, but for men to understand their wife's cycle because you're really bashing your head into the wall if you're trying to make her uh, excited at a time where her body is not excitable. So, you know, I mean, it's just stupid, right? You have a whole half a cycle when it can work for you and then like you're trying the same shit the second half of the cycle it's not going to work and a lot of guys don't understand this and now I'll get to what women think women don't understand it either until they start tracking it so it's not like there's a big conspiracy where women are aware of this stuff and then like they just don't tell the guy I sat in my daughter's uh middle school uh, sex ed class because they had an open house at the school and you can go to see all the classes. They were talking about the menstrual cycle. How many times do you think they mentioned sex drive? Never, ever, because we are a puritanical culture vis-a-vis sex and libido. So women are not taught this. Your mother doesn't tell you. I mean, I certainly tell my girls, but um, <laughs> but but most people don't. So they're like, most people are not Dr. Psych Mom who are telling their daughters, oh, well, you know, when you uh, ovulate, then studies show that you even look more attractive and your voice gets higher and you want to be close to your partner and you want to hug and kiss them and whatever, whatever, you know, and then before you menstruate, you want to kill them. You know, like most people are not advising that to their daughter or if they are, they're only saying the PMS part because they don't know in the first place because women are completely disconnected from their bodies. Because when I was a 20 year old and now I'm twice that age but when I was in my 20s um you were never supposed to talk about PMS. That was like super anti-feminist to ever say that a woman could have a mood change because of PMS. That was like super old-fashioned and we were supposed to be just the same as guys and never ever have a mood change due to hormones, which is bullshit because our moods change over the course of the entire month. And there's a great book, Moody Bitches, that's written by an MD that you can read about this and many other books as well, I'm sure. But the point is you don't have to read those books because I am telling you that in the the menstrual cycle is 28 days on average day 14 on average all of this differs on the individual woman you ovulate when you ovulate the egg lives for 24 hours sperm live for three to a max of like five days so right before ovulation and you know this if you ever tried to conceive and your wife was like assiduous about how and when you should have sex with her you know you know that before the egg drops is when you're supposed to you know uh have your sperm in there waiting to go. And so that's when she wants to have sex. The other way to tell, besides peeing on a stick, the other way to tell if you're about to ovulate is 
you know, they didn't used to have sticks you could pee on ovulation tests, is by your cervical mucus becoming a different consistency and more like egg white and more stretchy, meaning she feels wetter, which is supposed to hasten the sperm, you know, swimming to the egg. Everything is about biology. Everything is about uh, evolution and the perpetuation of our species. So our uh, biological changes over the month are superimposed on what is supposed to be. We're supposed to act like the same all the time. Women are supposed to act consistent over the month, like in our job and in our parenting, but we are not consistent. We feel very, very different at different times of the month. Not after menopause, because you're not ovulating anymore at menopause, and not on hormonal birth control, because you're not ovulating with hormonal birth control. But for people that are not in menopause, and who are not on hormonal birth control, you feel a hell of a lot different in the days leading up to ovulation and even the first two weeks of the cycle versus the ones after. I asked in my Facebook group about this, and you should join my Facebook group on Facebook, on the Dr. Psych Mom Facebook page. It's the blue subscribe button, $4.99 a month. We have lots of interesting discussions that bear fruit in terms in, in, in these podcasts, right? And give me lots of interesting things that I know that people are interested in from what we discuss in the group. But I said, it was a thread that I started, and I said, explain for the men in the group, if you're a woman, how much your libido changes with ovulation and from before ovulation to after ovulation. And people said things like 5,000% different. You know, you're totally uninterested after ovulation. And guys don't understand this. And of course, the women that follow me understand this because I talk about this every three seconds. But women that are just out in the world and do not really follow much about their biology or their hormones and got pregnant fairly easily without family planning or via IVF where they didn't have to track their own stuff at all, they don't know and they're trained not to even think that they're hormonally impacted because that's thought to be shameful, especially in years past. It's very different now. Like everybody talks about their period on like, you know, uh, commercials and in like sitcoms and stuff. Nobody ever mentioned like your period, except if it was like a shameful way to like condescend to a woman like, oh, she's PMSing. You know, nobody used to mention bleeding as like anything that wasn't the most shameful possible thing. There was a scene, in fact, recently in a... Uh, Fair Play, not the Fair Play book that I dislike that I have a podcast about, but a movie Fair Play that y'all should watch was really good. In the first scene, it was like going down on her and she got her period and it was like covered with blood. Like that would never have been in a movie years ago. It just wouldn't have. That was like periods were thought to be super shameful. Nothing was talked to women about their cycle. So the majority of you listening or, you know, in your 40s around, I would imagine the median age is my own age, you know. And so women were not raised in a culture where they were supposed to even be aware of this. Your period was really shameful. It was just totally different, right? And hopefully it's getting to a place where women will be totally aware of the way that their mood and their sex drive changes, but we are not there yet for uh, older women, at least, who are raised at a different time. So so that you know your wife, if you're going to schedule date night, you should totally do it in the week leading up to ovulation, 
hopefully the day before ovulation. What does it feel like to a woman then? She feels turned on. She feels happy. Her mood is up. She's at her highest possible mood. She feels more attractive, and studies show she's objectively rated as more attractive by men. Her voice gets higher. Her clothes get sexier. She feels good. She's attracted to the guy. He seems handsome all of a sudden. He seems like maybe he's not so bad, and the marriage is pretty good after all. I mention this all the time, but I have... uh, you know, many clients that I see every two weeks. And if I see a woman before ovulation and then before menstruation and on that regular, uh, you know, pattern, it, like half half of the session she's into him, half the session she's not. <laughs> and of course, they have whatever uh, issues they're dealing with writ large, you know, that are underlying everything but you know what half of the session she doesn't think he's that bad and they have stuff to work on and he's kind of funny and he's kind of cute and half the session she just wants a divorce (laughs) because she's about to get her period and so when you're about to get your period you feel like you're going to jump out of your skin if somebody touches you you want to murder them and you just feel completely irritable anxious angry tired depressed ugly bloated fat All of those things. And when you're ovulating, you feel like you're on top of the world and in the couple of days leading up to ovulation. So that's why many guys who don't track this are just totally, you know, feel like whiplash because they try something sexual, let's say on day 10 of the cycle, and it goes over like gangbusters and she's all over it. And then they try the same thing at day 20 and she looks at him like he has three heads and she's like, ugh, gross, yuck, no, don't touch me. Because that's how she feels. So it's like, imagine like, the, my, my best analogy always is imagine that you were being fed when you weren't hungry. And so for half the month, you're not hungry. And half the month, you're hungry. And a couple of days, you're ravenous. And so your wife cooks a dinner for you all the days of the month. And she's shocked. Some of the days, you love her food. You think it's awesome. You you're you can't get enough of it. And then other days, you're like picking at it or you push it away and you say, gross, what is this shit? Right? Wouldn't she feel hurt <laughs> if she didn't know what was going on? Yeah. This is actually a problem that a lot of people have when they don't know the side effects of ADHD meds, stimulants, with their children. The kid is like not eating all of a sudden and they're like, what the hell's going on? They're not eating. What's wrong with them? Are they anorexic? And of course, the stimulant is reducing their appetite. They can't eat. They eat later in the day many times. That's how people solve this. Once the medication wears off, they eat like late night, but the kid doesn't eat on the same schedule. You can't eat when you're not hungry. You can, but it's very, very aversive. So it's very similar. You can't fuck when you're not hungry, you know? I mean, it's the same thing. Like, you cannot have sex with the same uh, enthusiasm when you have desire versus when you don't. So then many people, oh, and by the way, this, of course, like everything, gets worse as you age. Women in their 40s and perimenopause experience these highs and lows much, much, much more uh, intensely than a woman in her 20s or 30s that has kind of a resting high libido you know like her libido is pretty high everything's pretty easy not a lot of stress hormones are up all of the sex hormones are at nice high levels and she's young she doesn't have a care in the world so it's kind of like you know do you really uh notice if you're in day 20 sure you could be more crying more tearful you're a little bit less excited but pretty much, you know, you're always really excited to be alive, you know, and sex is part of that. So a younger woman is not going to experience these highs and lows as dramatically as an older woman where the sex hormones are pretty much in the gutter. And then every so often you get like a lift. 
You know, and some women want to have sex the day before their period too. There's something with the testosterone levels are higher. And um, I feel like I just recorded this. No, I think I just did this as a video. I'm getting like so much deja vu. But uh, sometimes I do these same topics as a Facebook reel first, which is why you should follow me on Facebook or TikTok or anywhere else. But anyway, I don't think I said this very recently in a podcast. If I did, <laughs> it's a free podcast, man. So, I mean, whatever, just stop listening. But point being that most women really, really want to have sex, particularly as they get older, right before ovulation, which is why birth control, by the way, is so terrible for so many women. Hormonal birth control, because if you're on hormonal birth control from like the time you're 16 for your skin or for your mood or because your mom is scared you're going to get pregnant, until literally until you get off it to conceive a baby, you your sex drive has been blunted that whole time. You've never experienced ovulation unfettered, you know? You, you've never experienced ovulation, period, you know? because birth control stops you from ovulating. So therefore, you have no idea what your, what your actual hormonal levels are. You have, you have no idea what it's actually like to feel that jump of drive before ovulation because you've not ovulated. And, so, and also, you don't menstruate either because you just stop taking the hormones. And so it's called withdrawal bleeding when you stop taking the hormones, when you have your placebo weak, your, your placebo pill weak as part of your birth control pack, that's so that it basically approximates a period so it doesn't weird women out to never get their period. But you can just skip that week and you can go, you know, you can never get your period, which is what some people do. More and more people now that I hear about don't, just don't do it. Just never get their period because they just keep taking the same levels of hormones all the time. Originally, they thought that that would weird women out to be on the pill and never get a period. So then they, you know, made a fake period, which is really just withdrawal bleeding from stopping taking the hormones. So anyway, the, the, the point being, if you've never ovulated and you've never menstruated, you've never really had a cycle, you know, a, hor a hormonal cycle. And so then to conceive your baby, a lot of women in their 30s or their late 20s or something, they get off birth control and they're all of a sudden they have a sex drive. And they were like, what the fuck? Like, this is crazy, you know? Like, I finally have a sex drive. Also, birth control can have bad impacts on mood. So, I'll, and of course, talk to your provider about all of your options, uh, you know, at all times. I'm not an MD. I'm reporting to you what I see in my practice, right? And of course, the actual side effects of the pill <laughs> include, you know, depression and, and mood mood effects. And that's why a lot of women have to try different pills with different levels of estrogen, progesterone, etc. It makes a lot of women crazy. You know, that was like another thread in my uh, in my group recently. A woman was like, does estrogen make anybody else feel crazy? Because like, I'm on it and blah, blah, blah. And many women were like, yeah, totally. And many women in my practice, the same thing. The birth control pill was making them feel depressed the whole time. And then they get off it and it's like, whoa, like they feel like so much different their drive goes up and their depression goes down. And of course, this isn't everybody. Some people do better on the pill because they have massive PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is like a real bad version of PMS. So if you, if you don't menstruate, then you don't get PMDD. So it really, every woman is different. But for a lot of women, they don't even know what their sex drive can be during this uh, entire time that they're trying to find a mate. So you can imagine that when they go off it, sometimes they're like, wow, you know, I wish I would have had my drive when I was young. 
I would have had a lot more fun. And you know what? I'm not really attracted to this guy, <laughs> which is the truth is that when women are on the pill, that's actual studies show that when the women are on the pill, they are um, attracted to different men than when they're not on the pill because their drive is, is, is higher when they're not on the pill. So they're attracted to, also women are attracted to different men at different times in their cycle. And all this stuff is stuff you could look up and research if you want. But anyhow, the TLDR here is that when women ovulate, they feel on top of the world. They feel totally uninhibited. They feel dr as drunk on, on uh, relationship as they could be, given that they're not in the honeymoon stage anymore. And it's a real good time to schedule date night. After they ovulate, many women have approximately zero interest in sex. So you can't take that personally. You know, and while certainly they could still have sex that week and uh, they could still experience responsive desire if you massage them and you do foreplay and whatever, you know, they can still certainly experience responsive desire, but it's not the same. It's not the same feeling. The music isn't there. <laughs> That's there before ovulation. So if you've been a guy who takes every encounter and your wife, how she feels about it very personally, why don't you start tracking her cycle and seeing the reality of how she experiences sex and like, you know, rate it, basically rate it in your head. You know, sex there was an eight. Okay, well, I bet you're getting a lot more eights, nines and tens right before ovulation. Then I bet you're getting a lot more of fours and fives after ovulation because she's not in it. She's not hungry. She's not hungry to eat. So she's not going to like the food. And this doesn't mean you can't get better in bed and all these things, but you being the best in bed is not going to make her from a post-ovulation person into a pre-ovulation person. It's just not. So couples, healthy couples that understand this can be like, oh, we're going to have most of our adventurous sex in the days leading up to ovulation. After that, it's kind of like maintenance sex. I'm not going to take anything personally that she has her period and then we start again, you know, and that's just kind of how it is. Be the same as if you were on you know, ADHD meds, and she was taking it personally that you didn't eat her dinner. You know, sometimes you got to eat her dinner when you don't want to, and just to be a nice guy. But most of the time, you'd be like, hey, you know, I got to eat at a different time, or I'm not going to be that hungry anymore, uh, or something. And you would have to figure it out accordingly. So you cannot take your wife's sex drive personally over the course of the month. You have to understand that on ovulation, she's like a tiny little version of the honeymoon stage. There's nothing you could do to replicate that when she's not ovulating. You know, uh, you could be super hot and everything and go to the gym and whatever. And, uh, you know, she's still biologically, her body knows she can't make a baby, so she's not going to be as into you. I mean, doesn't it make sense if you just literally look at it like that? Of course it does, you know? We are hormonal entities. Our, our bodies and our, our brains are made for being a cave person and perpetuating our species. It's not meant for long-term monogamy for like 60 years. You know, it's just not. And, oh, and also, okay, so you could say, what about if it was a new relationship? In a new relationship, it kind of feels like you're ovulating all the time, but even still, ovulation is going to hit. So a person in the honeymoon stage, the first, you know, th few years of the relationship, that person during ovulation is going to be a wildcat, right? And then if you're comparing that to like the woman like 20 years later post-ovulation in perimenopause, it's two different women. It's like two, completely two different women. They have nothing to do with each other. They wouldn't recognize each other on the street. So again... All of this is very good for not taking things personally and understanding that there's a super huge hormonal uh, impact on your wife's libido based upon where she is in her cycle. 
and you guys could discuss this and it should be something that that you're able to talk about freely in your relationship. And I hope you enjoy this podcast and I will talk to everybody soon. Have a great day, guys.